Hello there, welcome to episode 145 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. I'm Stephen Hill, as ever. He's Renfrey Deadman. We're the two guys. Hello. We? Yes, we are. Right. We are the two guys. The two guys. Not That's not two guy, the uh, Turkish midfielder who played for Blackburn Rovers in the mid-noughties. I'm sure some of you went, oh my God, two guy. He's back, <laughs> finally, after scoring those volleys. Do you remember he scored lots of volleys, didn't he, Renfrey? Do you remember that? Don't know about football, do you? No, no, uh, no. I'm a bit stumped there, but but I'm I'm happy to go along with you. Lots of people are like, "Yes, finally, <laughs> two guy and riot." Act and you're saying I last. should be like those people? Oh, definitely. <laughs> those are good people. I'm sure they are. Um, uh, what have you been up to, Renfrey? Got anything exciting tonight? Oh, yes, you have. I have. We have. We have, yeah. We're going to see Foxjaw in a yeah. venue, in a gig. Mm. They're going to play live. We'll be stood there. Yeah. They'll be stood there. Probably Music Probably will... be sat there, I think. Well, I'm standing up. <laughs> you tell me what to do, <laughs> All right. Boris. I'm not project I'm not buying into Project Fear. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, or whatever. Um yeah. Uh sat down or stood up, whatever. I am very much looking forward to seeing a band. Yeah, it'll be your first gig in over a year. Um, Mm -hmm. I managed to get a couple of Jamie Lemon ones in when we had that in-betweeny period where we weren't kind of sure if we were out of it Mm -hmm. or not. Um, But yeah, it's my first for a good six months. So yeah, I'm well excited about it. Nice. I'm legitimately excited. Yeah. I know I don't sound it. (laughs) sound more excited about two guy. But I am. I'm actually excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. I, I, I'm kind I'm of really looking forward to it. I'm kind of weirded out by it. I I don't know if I can uh, yeah, socialise. Yeah. Well, I I can tell you that you can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> not very well. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll let you know how we get on next week and next week's yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah anyway, definitely. Thanks for tuning in. In fact, should we just bin this off and just wait for next week because it's going to be more enjoyable. Uh, No, no, I'm messing around. On this week, we're going to be reviewing new music from Gary Newman, Vola, Fly Pan Am and Prosperina. Before we do, there's a few things that have been happening this week. We finally got our Mars Volta special out, didn't we? Our special classic album on the Mars Volta. It's a couple of days late. Apologies for that. Yeah, um, I'm actually not 100% sure if it'll be out by the time we people are listening to this or not uh at the moment but it is it has been recorded and it's about to go out yeah it was good wasn't it it was great yeah i love talking about that band that um that album as i well little spoiler um that album i voted i I voted said was one of my top 10 albums of all time voted it i didn't vote it but yes um uh, you went into the local elections (laughs) and you had the choice of your various Party yeah. candidates. It was Stadium Arcadium or the Copatorium. He just went the Mars Volta <laughs> and then spoiled your vote. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, that's what I do in all of my election votes. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, it was a jolly good time, wasn't it? And, and lovely it was a jolly that, good time. That. Yeah, yeah. I was slightly dreading it, I have to be honest, mm. but it ended up being really good. So I'm glad. Well done. Um, Why were you dreading it? Because I find the Mars Volta a difficult band to talk about or to think about to talk about. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like the idea of talking about the Mars Volta, I was like, oh God, you can't just... Because it's not like, you know, something like Ben Folds, right? We did Ben Folds and Mm -hmm. I think we did quite a good job of doing Ben Folds. 
But when you talk about Ben Folds, it's like, hey, this has got a good melody and it's fun. Aren't the lyrics funny? Yeah. Whereas you can't do that with the Mars bar. You have to go, you know that 13 minute long like electronic throb <laughs> that goes underneath the bit where the man's hands turn into dogs? Mm. Like, what you know, so I was like, fucking hell, I can't just, you know, normally when, and obviously it was your pick, so I didn't do lots of research for it. Mm. I just listened to, you know, a bit of De Facto, mm. the first EP, the album, some bits that I liked here and there. And was like, oh yeah, I really like the Mars bar, and tried not to speak about at the drive-in too much. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. As we w- we will be doing that. Although I, I did, I did speak about the drive-in a fair bit. It's, it's connected. Anyway, it's fine. It's it fine. is. Yeah, I just was like, oh, this, uh, don't spoil it. <laughs> don't spoil it. The album that you've been calling your favorite album ever <laughs> for about four years. Don't call it, spoil it. Um, anyway, that is over. Uh, on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash podcast, where you can go and sign up for £5 a month and you will get two classic albums. The next classic album we're doing, should I reveal this now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Since I did at the end of the one. Yeah, so my pick is next and we are going to be doing the 1989 debut album by Morbid Angel, Altars of Madness. Yes, please. Dipping our feet, probably like knee deep in extreme metal for the first time. Yeah, properly. debatably. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly the first time we've done death metal. I reckon. I mean, unless you count Opeth, but I don't know. Ghost Reveries. Ope- o- Opeth and Meshuggah certainly yeah. have something to do with death metal. Yeah, like those two. Those two bands definitely. Those two bands in general definitely have something to do with death metal. Yeah. There's no denying that. But this is the first time we have done a death metal album i think in terms of like album. in terms of the aesthetic and the music and the image and all that kind of thing yeah undoubtedly this is the first like full-on death metal record we've done 100 a good so one to start like with death, as well a very good one to start mm. with hence why i picked it as oh. the one to start with ah i see it, it wasn't it wasn't a random selection <laughs> funnily enough Rimfrey. <laughs> <laughs> i, I see. didn't think very, what would be a good smart. one i've just been i know yeah picking mine at random crazy <laughs> is that, is that we're, we're doing the lighthouse family next? <laughs> your, uh or tub thumping they just announced hey. they? yeah chumbawamba announcing a chumbawamba anniversary of tub thumping is it yeah brilliant no 20th it can't be 20th no, it's got to be 25th that, hasn't it yeah 25th, 25th isn't it because it, it wasn't 2001 and it wasn't yeah 96 not, it wasn't right. 1991 yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um hallelujah does the world need that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, oh, yeah, yes, you do. <laughs> you do know. Chumbawamba are a great band and really varied and have loads of mm. great s- stuff in their discography. And they've got like 13, 14 records or something yeah. insane like that. So, you know, apparently, you know, tub thumping's just a sort of... It's like their tequila, apparently, just to evoke Terror Vision once again. Always. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I, I've actually heard some other... Um, Chumbawamba stuff, and I'm not sure they're actually that good, to be honest. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm going from one mate of mine who at school who was obsessed with them, and would be like, "Oh, oh Tub Thumping's the commercial album." Blah blah blah. Yeah, but he just sounds he's. Like, I don't know your mate, but he sounds like he's doing that to be. Maybe I don't. Know. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm literally going from one person's opinion that i heard about 20 years ago <laughs> so <laughs> i have no idea but that's what i've heard and certainly that well i mean well I was, they were a one-hit wonder weren't they but they but yeah. they did loads yeah, yeah. of other stuff as well so yeah but why are we talking about chumbawamba 
<laughs> well, because they've got a thing out. Uh, should we talk about something else? Uh, here's an interesting thing, right? Oh, by the way, yes, go over to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. Five pound, you get the classic album. If you want to give us anything, writers reviews. We have been really slack on the writers reviews. Apologies for that. Renfrey's been moving house. He's got a load of old shit behind him. Um, <laughs> still, still uh, yeah. <laughs> lazy cunt. <he> is. Uh, <laughs> oh, mate. I've put my back out like three times in the last week moving house yeah it's horrible (laughs) moving house is fucking horrible um but we'll get we will get back on that very soon i promise Mm -hmm. broken records are doing a bit of madonna on broken records this coming monday go Mm. over to our sister podcast where we look for the worst album ever made i tell you what push the button don't push the button oh god (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that that madonna american life album is fucking wild so that's i think that's going to be a another good Broken Records is good, by the way, guys. It's probably better than this show. I think to be Madonna's, honest, isn't it? Yeah, I think Madonna's going to be good fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Anyway, that's enough about us. Um, here's some. Int- it's been a, quite an interesting, varied week, full of quite horrible things, quite weird things, quite funny things, and quite confusing things. The new ASAP Rocky album will feature contribution from Rihanna, his new girlfriend, and Morrissey. Mm. Morrissey, mm. what the fuck? Mm. He's going to be contributing production, writing, and vocal duties to the new ASAP Rocky album. Mm. Morrissey. I mean, what I, the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's bonkers. Um, I only really know ASAP Rocky from guest spots that he's done, and I've not liked a single one. Um, so, um, but I mean, mm. I can't. I don't feel like an expert on this because I don't think I've, I've certainly never sat down and listened to um any of his stuff like no i i'd never sat down and listened to an asap rocky album but i'm like you i've heard i've heard enough of his songs to know yeah that i don't think he's very good to be perfectly honest and but is this the maddest fucking feature on an album ever what is a weirder feature on an album than morrissey ASAP Rocky featuring Morrissey. Oh, there must be is there weirdness. anything that's ever been weirder? Because that is that is weird. That's weird. I think KLF even like KLF featuring Extreme Noise Terror at the Brits, which isn't even a proper thing. That's one. That's really fucking weird. I guess. Um, I mean, well, I mean, Mar- Lou Reed and uh, Metallica was it was an unusual one, certainly. Yeah, that, I mean, that sort of feels where you just go, oh, that, that is a bit weird. But, I mean, that's it, really. I guess, like, Billy Ray Cyrus turning up on um, that fucking uh, Little Nas X at Big Song, Old Town Road. That's Oh, yeah, weird. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I Billy think Snow, t- Billy Snow turned up. Nora Jones, I was going to cite. as a bit of a weird one. Yeah, I suppose so. But then Nora Jones has worked with Mike Patton. She's also worked like with Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Foo Fighters. So it's not I'm, really super. I'm not weird, saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's a bit, bit odd. Yeah. Um, Snow turned up on a song recently. Snow. That was weird. You know, Informer. Snow. Informer. You know, some better to me and go blam. I did keep on boom down. I was thinking the weather, well to be honest with you. All oh, right. I mean, that, yeah. Because <laughs> that's my knowledge of this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Nick Cave and Kylie Minogue is a weird one. It worked out brilliantly. That's that's a weird one but that Definitely. is a weird one um, yeah for sure elton john and arson chains is a weird one but worked out brilliantly yeah that's less weird to me okay. i think i think elton john is pretty cool 
So I think it's pretty cool as well. I'm just saying it was unexpected. He did. It's probably uh, unexpected. Yeah, it's quite unexpected. He worked with uh, Queens of the Stone Age as well, didn't he? I think. And Stephen Wilson as well mm. this year. Mm. Oh yeah, mm. of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, Queen and Five. <laughs> I mean, that has now become not weird in any way whatsoever. <laughs> no. Now that Queen will just bend over and suck whoever's cock they need to suck to fucking get money. The fucking corporate shitheads that they are. Much, happy yeah. to shit on their own. Happy to shit on their own legacy. <coughs> so you shouldn't really be surprised to see Queen turn up fucking any amount of money. Queen and Ben Elton. Like, that was a thing, wasn't it? I just mentioned it because I knew you'd get annoyed about it. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I thought and it'd it be worked. amazing good content and it really worked uh yeah <laughs> i know to how me, to play you steve <laughs> yeah i know but to me i guess like aussie turning up on um buster rhymes album oh yeah 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 it's quite weird yeah, as well yeah yeah i mean but the thing is is like we've named a few of these weird collaborations and some of them have turned out to be really good so you never know yeah, i mean well, you know it's asap rocky well, so it's not gonna mm, be good Ace, and morrissey <laughs> at the moment as well uh are they, but you know morrissey's if he sounds like i just don't know how morris what are they going to put like morrissey through a fucking auto tune <laughs> heaven knows <laughs> i'm miserable now you know what i mean it's just awful hope not i've heard plenty oh, of can you imagine plenty of auto tune after listening to that madonna record fucking hell yeah anyway um early adopter mm. that? well not her, that's that's not her fault to be fair we'll talk about that prick mm. uh, like that yeah um anyway in far more sensible news Slipknot's Sean Crayon, clown, mm. has launched his own brand of pre-rolled cannabis joints. Mm. Mate, what are you playing at? <laughs> <laughs> why do you say that? I mean, he's not the first musician to do it, is he? Why, why do you is he not? Be... No, 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 not at all. Like, this is, uh, this is quite a common, well, it's becoming quite a common thing now that it's legal in California and stuff. Um, oh. It might be the... <sighs> Might be the Might, first big rock guy to do it, but then even that. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, you can think like Willie Nelson or Snoop Dogg might do it, but I don't want to think about Slipknot. If I'm, I mean, I, I don't smoke anything. Mm. I've never ever smoked before, so I don't know. But I'm under the impression that it's sort of meant to be a like something to kind of soften you up a bit, right? I. It, it's it's a downer is what the lingo mm. would be it's, it's i, I um <laughs> slipknot is not the kind of music that i would put on if um if i were in a, a place where one could roll a joint up legally uh, and um it's not the music i would choose to listen to personally um would so you, what would you dread your hair and listen to bob marley <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Renfrey's going to have like next week come on with cornrows singing <laughs> Could You Be Love? <laughs> uh, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, it's, it, 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 the, the branding doesn't quite work in that sense. But then, you know, he's entitled to do it now that it's legal in california and all that sort of stuff well he's apparently been a long-time supporter of marijuana use particularly as a treatment for illnesses like anxiety or inflammatory conditions yeah 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 there's a i mean there is um, a lot of research that's been done and, into into its medicinal yeah. properties so and and he's he's saying that you know it should be thought of as a medicine mm-hmm. yeah i've heard that a lot i mean shavo um from system of a down um certainly used to have like medicinal 
cannabis uh, on tap, more or less, like before <laughs> before before it was legal, but actually like from mm. a doctor kind of thing. Oh right. So okay. um, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm not as stunned by this story as you are. I, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it is what it is, isn't it? Well, I'm not stunned, but I just <laughs> I just think that it's med it's medicine, but also it comes with like a Slipknot logo on it stuff, <laughs> like and and it is really totally inappropriate. Like my my brand Slipknot and cannabis, they don't seem to be uh, aligned particularly well. Like you say, no. you wouldn't put on you wouldn't put on people equal shit. <laughs> to like smoke a joint with no i i wouldn't no um uh some people might choose to but i wouldn't personally um i mean yeah i've I found a rolling stone article about um uh musicians and celebrities who have gone into the cannabis business already and i'm um, shavo actually has already which i suppose i shouldn't have been surprised by you got method man uh wiz califi oh, yeah. uh yeah wow. G- white the game Bob Marley. I mean, obviously he's dead, but the people who are dealing with his uh, uh, estate have gone into that. Mm. Uh, Tommy Chong. He's Cheech and Chong, isn't he? I'm guessing. Yeah. So, so far, everybody who you would expect. Yeah, Snoop Dogg. Fit, fits perfectly with it. Yeah, but, Jay-Z. You know. Jay-Z, yeah. Jay-Z, sorry. Uh, Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> I was pronouncing it how I would say it. Um, <laughs> Jason uh, Zederick, as you like to call him. Jonathan Zed, uh, Little Wayne, Little Wayne, yeah, Carlos so Santana. There we go. Interesting. Mm. Be real. I mean, this is, but this is like Engelbert Humperdinck launching his own acid company. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really weird. It's a bit. It's a bit weird. Everyone you've mentioned, you're like, oh, I can see yeah. why you do that. Slipknot aren't really. They don't strike me as a sort of stonery band. No, no, no. I agree. It's probably it's probably the the less cohesive with the music so far. Mm because um, yeah. even system i can kind of see a little bit more maybe yeah, just yeah, because yeah, of the zany sure. aspects of it i don't know mm. but um yeah slipknot and also they go into those yeah yeah sort yeah of sh- yeah, 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 sort of, yeah yeah which they, sound they great when you're high like, apparently <clears throat> wouldn't know <laughs> genuinely wouldn't know they do they sound great that's not me going <laughs> oh aren't i great i don't do drugs uh i'm just saying i i'm probably not the the guy i've never done i've never smoked a cigarette in my life did you know that yeah i did know that you said it's you said it on the show before and i, I oh, went okay what a what a uh incredible that doesn't make me better must be <laughs> yeah fucking <laughs> 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 sausage and egg muffin uh, this morning um <laughs> uh okay let's do what we unfortunately have to seem to have to do a lot which is yeah. change tact quite uh quite rapidly um there's a story that came out yesterday about Sinead O'Connor and Prince and their kind of ongoing relationship. Um, Sinead O'Connor has called Prince a violent abuser of women, um, saying that she was attacked um, during a meeting at his Hollywood home once. Now, I think in the early 90s, um, the relationship, the soured relationship between Sinead O'Connor and Prince was fairly well documented at that point of time and i mean i've <clears throat> i've seen videos of prince playing nothing compares to you saying this is how it should have sounded mm-hmm. and then playing the song and there's a lot of there was obviously a lot of ill feeling between those two people um that has obviously not uh that maybe we you know 
they obviously had some sort of personal relationship which ended and that song kind of came to represent uh, something between the two of them that, you know, became Sinead O'Connor's song and Prince felt some kind of ownership or... And, uh, yeah, and, and, and obviously um, some sort of ownership and some sort of um, bitterness about the fact that it became her biggest hit i think well i think I, I mean you know as most people know prince wrote the song but it was mm-hmm. sinead o'connor's version that became the huge huge hit and um you know for several years i had no idea that prince had written the song you know mm. I, I thought of it as a sinead o'connor song so yeah mm. now yeah and the kind of aftermath of that is sort of particularly in the early 90s there's a lot of needle between those two um but Sinead O'Connor has come out recently and said that um, Prince apparently suggested a pillow fight and had slipped something hard into the pillowcase to smack Sinead O'Connor with and that she escaped on foot in the middle of the night and Prince stalked her with his car, leapt out and chased her around down the highway. Mm-hmm. She says, you've got to be crazy to be a musician, but there's a difference between being crazy and being a violent abuser of women. Um, Can't disagree with that. Can't disagree with that. No, you can't disagree with that. This is a, again, I mean, this is a pretty horrible story. I I, I really like Sinead O'Connor as a person. Yeah, I think I'm not, a, I'm not really that au fait, particularly with that much of her music, to be perfectly honest, but I've always thought she was like a really brilliant personality. Mm, mm. And I've no reason to doubt the things that she's saying. Mm. Um, Especially as this is not the first time this has come up either. Like no, 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 no. It, she's been talking about this. I mean, she was talking about it in the mirror in 2007, you know. Mm, mm. Um, it's just got more credence now because it's post Me Too. Yeah, and I, I, it, the thing is, is Sinead O'Connor is treated, I think Sinead O'Connor is treated incredibly badly mm. by the over the years. She's been painted, much in the same way as Courtney Love has, as a kind of oh this mad out of control woman oh what's she doing like yeah. oh god listen to Sinead O'Connor she's a nutty old bat sort of thing yeah I agree and it's pretty reprehensible to see the way that Sinead O'Connor has been painted in the media uh, in general this feels like maybe the first time that her words will be taken with uh, um, a little bit more will actually be taken seriously and I think that's a good thing I think the thing is, is that we've said this a whole bunch of times before about when an artist is probably too big for it to have any kind of effect. And once somebody has died yeah, yeah. and is then like such a big artist like Prince is, hmm. it's really difficult. I find it quite hard to imagine that this will have much of an impact on Prince in general. Much like we were saying last week. You know, I don't think this will have much of an impact on the general overall feeling of how people think about Prince, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, in terms of his profile and in terms of um, people who listen to him and all that kind of thing, uh, I doubt it will have much of an impact at all. But then we've discussed this multiple times in the Quite past. Times, we? Yeah. yeah, we've discussed this loads and loads and loads and loads of times in the past. Um, is that right? Is that wrong? I mean, it's just down to individuals, really. And I think you should just you should just uh, have your own kind of moral compass when it comes to this kind of thing. And if you still feel comfortable, I mean, you know, no money is going to Prince anymore. 
because he's dead. Uh, it's going to his estate, of course, but you know you can't say the prince's estate and prince are the same person thing. Blah blah blah. So yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a tricky one as as per as it always is with these sorts of things. Um, I. I'm guessing that this has all come up again and I don't mean this to sound um, cynical um, although it probably will sound slightly cynical as I say it but this has come up again because um, she's speaking ahead of the release of her new memoir Rememberings but then Mm -hmm. I think it well that will be part of the memoir yeah exactly it will quite quite naturally come up as a result of her promoting that anyway so I'm not trying to suggest that she's trying to stir the pot or anything like that it Mm. it would it just it just would come up wouldn't it um yeah. if, she, if she has written about that which i'm assuming she has so yeah um i, I don't know you're a bigger prince fan than i am i mean i'm i'm mm. i'm i i actually <laughs> i appreciate that he was a genius but I, I find him incredibly irritating in lots of ways so um i don't know i mean is it going to have a massive effect on your listening uh I mean, I don't listen to Prince that much, if I'm honest, these days. I do like Prince a lot. I do think his music is great. Mm -hmm. I think, obviously, he's got about 50 kajillion albums, Mm. and not all of them are worth listening to, to Mm. be perfectly honest. That's definitely true. But when he's good, he is phenomenal. You know, Mm. he he was a phenomenal musician and artist, and he has written some, again, some songs that just, I think, transcend him, Mm. you know? Mm-hmm. I think they just do. I think again, it's that sort of thing that you can't count. You can't remove Purple Rain from the lexicon of popular culture. That just won't ever happen, no matter what he did. You know, he could start the Third World War, and I still think people would listen to Purple Rain. It's just not. Po- it's just not possible yeah. for you to erase that. And you're, not, you're not going. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for me, this is you know, it's really more about Sinead O'Connor and uh, and how. I think it says a lot that she's been saying this for a long time and yet it doesn't really ever feel like anyone's sort of listened to her. And that I think is, you know, there's that famous clip of what's become kind of infamous clip of Courtney Love looking, being interviewed at an award ceremony and saying, well, I won't be going up to Harvey Weinstein's room. And this was like a good 15 years before anything happened with Harvey Weinstein. And people just go, oh, Courtney Love's a mad, like drunk Mm -hmm. twat. And you're like, well, she probably brought it on herself, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. And so I kind of really wanted to bring it up more to be like, I think Sinead O'Connor has had her career pretty much destroyed by, um, by her own, like by, with nothing to do with her really. Like her, she's spoken at length about her mental health issues, which have probably been hugely exacerbated by the, probably pretty fucking disgusting treatment that she's had by the music industry in general she feels she, like a real kind of awful casualty of the music industry I think. yeah she, she was really open and and i think the, the best thing about Sinead O'Connor is i don't think she would feel like she's a casualty of the music industry mm. i understand what you're saying and i do agree with you to an extent but um she's got a lot of <laughs> i don't mean this sounds condescending but she's got a lot of fight in her you know, um, yeah. and she was really outspoken about mental health issues way before when it was still considered very, very taboo to be 
you know, speaking out about that kind of thing. So, yeah, I've got a lot of mm. respect for Sinead. And then everyone just sort of painted her as a loony. I remember yeah. being like, Sinead O'Connor being... A, I mean, there's stuff like, again, to, I I found a... Revi- <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about... If you listen to Broken Records and we talk about Madonna on Monday, there's a Drowned in Sound review of the album that we're talking about. And bearing in mind, this is 2003. This is not like the late 80s or anything. And I honestly, my jaw hit the floor at some mm. of the shit that's in this review. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So... Um, <clears throat> I think, yeah, there is a kind of a thing where uh, women are women treated who equally were, in, in the music yeah, industry. Yeah, especially people, especially people who, Strange. you know, Ax- Axl Rose would would not have had to put up with the shit that Sinead O'Connor had to not. put up with. Nope. Um, as he's for mad as said, a box of frogs, Axl Rose. And he is, you know, <laughs> Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. And he is, every whim has just been adhered to. And then mm. someone like Sinead O'Connor, it's like, oh, you crazy old bat. Mm. Like, mm, that was it. Yeah. That was the attitude. of like, oh, Shinoda Connor's mad, isn't she? It's like, fucking hell. Um, and, yeah, so I kind of want to bring it up for that. It's almost, let you know, maybe... I think Prince clearly... Uh, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I know some things about Prince that aren't very nice. I think most people who have paid attention to Prince would would probably be aware of the kind of the control freak nature of, of Prince. I think that's quite... That's you haven't really been paying attention if you weren't aware of that. No. So I, I am already aware of that. This doesn't really surprise me. I wasn't that, that surprised, I have to say. No. no. But anyway, it's not great. Um, were you going to say something about, I don't know if this is well, relevant or do you want to not say it? Um, well, there's a, um, I mean, this isn't specifically related to this story and I don't want to read it out as a defence or or, uh, or anything against Prince either. Um, it's not meant to be related to the Prince incident specifically, but it just so happens that Nick Cave was asked um, in his red hand files where uh, we have mentioned this on the show before, where fans ask him questions and he answers, he takes one question every week and he answers it. And um, he did have a really interesting thing to say uh, in response to the question, should we separate the artist from the art? Um, And I just felt like it was worth, I wanted to read this out anyway, even before I knew we were going to do the Prince Sinead O'Connor stuff, just because I thought, um, it's as per Nick Cave has summed the whole thing up really quite beautifully and eloquently, I think. And it certainly mm-hmm. seems to kind of go along with how we react to this stuff on this show. So he said, I don't think we can separate the art from the artist, nor should we need to. I think we can look at a piece of art as the transformed or redeemed aspect of an artist and marvel at the miraculous journey that the work of art has taken to arrive at the better part of the artist's nature. Perhaps beauty could be measured by the distance it has travelled to come into being. That bad people make good art is a cause for hope. To be human is to transgress. Of that we can be sure. Yet we all have the opportunity for redemption to rise above the more lamentable parts of our nature, to do good in spite of ourselves, to make beauty from the unbeautiful and to have the courage to present our better selves to the world. The moon is high and yellow in the sky outside my window. It is a display of sublime beauty. It is also a cry for mercy that this world is worth saving. Mostly, though, it is a defiant articulation of hope that despite the state of the world, the moon continues to shine. Hope, too, resides in a gesture of kindness from one broken individual to another, or indeed, we can find it in a work of art that comes from the hand of a wrongdoer. These expressions of transcendence, of betterment, remind us that there is good in most things, rarely only evil. 
Once we awaken to this fact, we begin to see goodness everywhere. And this can go some way in setting right the current narrative that humans are shit and the world is fucked. <laughs> you know, and, and I just yeah. I just thought that was quite a beautiful sentiment. I mean, I can appreciate some people hearing that and being like, that sounds like a load of fucking poppycock and, you know, fine if you think that. But I quite like that idea of one trying to search for the beauty in things. Um, and mm. um, we always talk about nuance and how it's lacking on the internet. And I think that's a very nuanced response to a very difficult question to answer. So. I agree. I couldn't put it any better myself. Exactly. I, I think that's uh, very good. Yes, Nick Cave is good. <sighs> Hot take. <coughs> anyway, <laughs> we should talk about that. You were going to talk about Glastonbury, weren't you? And they, uh, well, go on, talk about Glastonbury. Yeah. Glastonbury have been granted a license for a limited equinox concert in september now this is very interesting um they have been granted a license to hold up to fifty thousand people who will be allowed on the festival That's site a lot, isn't it? Mm, it is quite a lot for the for the special event um it's an interesting idea festivals these big big festivals kind of doing mini versions of themselves um for this year um, and maybe it'll be this year alone. Maybe if it's a success, it's something that would continue into the future. Um, I think we shouldn't sort of jump up and down um, too giddily or excitedly just yet because mm. literally they've been granted the license. Um, they probably applied the for the license as a just in case, although they do appear to have named it Equinox already. So they're obviously quite serious about doing something with that um but yeah i just was gonna ask your views on that and if you think that that's a pretty decent um mid like it's kind of like a halfway house festival but then considering the times that we live in it's probably better it's certainly better than nothing isn't it definitely better than nothing well depending on who plays Quite. i mean <clears throat> yeah uh but definitely better than nothing for sure yeah Fifty thousand is a lot of it feels like a lot of people for september but then who knows, you know, I mean, we can go into a pub now, can't you? You can actually go and sit down inside a pub you these are days. To. Yep. These days, if you sit down inside a pub, you're thrown in jail. You're yeah. Not, you're allowed to now. Um, so I think, you know, theoretically, you would like to think that it, everything will be all right. But I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, you know, as I said at the start, we're going to a gig tonight and I mm. am a little bit like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, same. Sit in a place. And I think a lot of people will not feel like that and they'll just want to be like, yeah, I'm back. Great. The world's yeah, back. Yeah, Hooray. Yeah, yeah. But then I think there will be people who will be a little bit nervous at the idea of it. And I mean, the last thing you want, obviously, is for that to happen in a week later. Go, oh, shit. Sorry, everyone who went dead um i don't think it's quite <laughs> like, that bad but no, yes, I, yes, don't yes. Think, no, I don't i don't think it will be that bad um but do you, you know what i mean like everyone's yeah, fucking yeah, ill yeah, they're all in hospital yeah, yeah. they're fucked and then you know the whole country shuts down again but then you know at some point shit has got to happen again i kind of fully expected i have to be honest when i was at christmas this year i was talking to my mate and he was like it'll be early next year everything will be totally back to normal and in my head i was like right okay yeah probably and that's fine so I was like, probably no festivals, probably no things. And we sort of feel like we've arrived at that a little bit earlier than I maybe thought we would. Well, we've only just started, though, haven't we? I mean, we are literally on the apex of like. Things yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, again. even even the when when that roadmap came out, I was like, mm. 
oh, that is a lot earlier than I thought. Like when they're saying, oh, June, everything, you know, face masks off, get in the streets, get in the nightclubs. Yeah. Go like, you know. Have sex with a stranger. Yeah. French kiss Joe Nan, which is what <laughs> I'm going to do tonight. Um, <laughs> he's only 12. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, he's not 12. And you've made me sound like a, a fucking wronging. Yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> he's not 12 at all. He's a grown man. He's 13. Uh, he's not 13. <laughs> 50,000 people, uh, mind, as you've already sort of alluded to, quite a lot. Um, 50,000 people, that's like half a download. Uh, well, mm, almost, is. not quite. Um, I mean, it's only a fifth of the size of Glastonbury normally. So by Glastonbury standards, it's pretty small. But it's yeah, 50,000, I mean, it's uh, about two and a half O2 arenas. It's about... Mm four Wembley arenas maybe I mean you know it is it is quite a lot of people but it's interesting it's quite a lot Who of knows? people it yeah. is yeah I might be interested I mean are they going to do different stages and stuff because if it's yes. like oh well or if it's just one stage of 50,000 people stood outside it yeah I don't know I, I don't know man like it's good I'm glad if yeah. it happens fucking great I really hope it does I really really hope it does um, but I think it's just that number 50,000 because even at, like the FA Cup final the other day how many people at the FA Cup final the other day that's Wembley it's 8,000 people hold, Wembley holds I think there's only 10,000 people in there yes yeah yeah you know um, and, um, they, they, I mean if if it goes ahead it's um, they, they've uh, been granted an application to host two days of live shows in 2021 uh, Somerset County Gazette reports the council's licensing subcommittee have now granted approval for such a license albeit with a list of over 50 conditions uh, which sounds good to me uh, this includes the agreement that oh, you any love conditions oh I love conditions no I, I'm saying con considering the times that we're living in I think that's probably a good thing um, this includes the agreement that any live music shows must take place on the pyramid stage while a maximum capacity of 49,999 people it's not even 50,000 uh, including staff performers and crew will be permitted on site and no camping will be right. allowed okay so there we go mm. good well yeah fingers crossed let's hope that they do it and they book Rammstein someone good <laughs> yeah Rammstein <laughs> uh, it won't be Rammstein it, it won't be Rammstein. Rammstein anyway anyway anyway, it's a shame but it won't be Rammstein um, alright well there you go let's do some reviews then shall we let's start with like I was going to say a nice man uh, Intruder by Gary Newman this is the 19th studio solo studio album I should say from the Electro Pioneer the follow up to his 2017 album <clears throat> Savage Song from a Broken World that was uh, the second part of go on it's the 18th according to the press release well they count in Savage and Splinter as I don't know. I albums. don't know. I'm just saying it's the 18th according to the press release. Mm. Don't shoot the messenger. Well, again, <laughs> so Splinter songs from a broken mind and Savage songs from a broken world. I just I count they count as two albums. I just me, want maybe to make it, I just want to make it clear to the PR who sent us this that one of us has read the press release. <laughs> so <laughs> guess who? Yeah, but <laughs> I have as well, but I don't I I can I am I've got hold on, look. One, it's two, the eighteenth or nineteenth record by Gary Newman. It doesn't really matter. He's done a lot of records. Oh god. Steve's counting them now. It's nineteen it's fucking nineteen. I, I the press release is anyway. I, I don't know. I, I'm just saying. Okay, 19. <laughs> anyway, um, Gary Newman. <laughs> he's done. Yeah, right. He's done a lot of records. He's done a lot of records. Yeah. 
done a lot of records. He has been a pretty consistently iconic character throughout the entirety of my existence, I think, Gary yeah. Newman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, been releasing records pretty much the whole time. He's always had a very strong aesthetic, a very strong look. Uh, he has always been um, very interesting to kind of... Um, as an artist, I think, to kind of like look at what he's doing. I think he's always definitely, at the very, very least, an interesting pop star. Mm. Um, saying that, I am a fairly casual fan of Gary Newman. I, I'm wondering how much of a fan of Gary Newman you are, Renfrey. Um, I would describe myself as fairly casual as well, although probably more casual than you, I would assume. Did you, was Gary Newman not a part of your growing up listening uh, in terms of... Yeah, your... I mean, Tube Army, like Replicas yeah. by Tube okay. Army, I really love. The, the the Pleasure Principle, obviously, that kind of stuff, Telecon. Um, I Even Warriors, which is one of the ones that people think is awful. Uh, I remember listening to and quite liking it okay. back in the day. I mean, I've not listened to a lot of those ones for a really, really long time, but it is really, to be honest, probably the, f I'll, I'll be honest, the last Gary Newman album that I probably listened to would be like Pure in 2000. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. When, yeah. Um, you know, there was, uh, I think that's got the geezer who plays drums in The Prodigy is on that record okay. as well. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, the, the sort of uh, when Kerrang! started going, oh, we're going to cover Gary Newman now. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that, I think that happened. I was a bit interested in like, oh, he's actually, you know, because he did cars with Fear Factory. Yeah, I, th I think that association with Fear Factory, I think the Nine Inch Nails association as well, because Gary Newman, I actually saw Gary Newman come out and play with Nine Inch Nails uh, at the O2 Arena, um, which was awesome, by the way. Um, I think Gary Newman, for me, growing up as one of those artists who I had an immense amount of respect for and obviously had a massive influence on a lot of bands that I liked. And more often than not, bands I liked would cover songs by Gary Newman, Fear Factory, Foo Fighters, that amazing Down in the Park cover that we talked about on yeah. the Colour and the uh, Shape special. Um, and I'd always, always, always like the covers. But the traditional thing with me and that kind of... Um, era of electronic music i just i found the production a little bit difficult to to a bit of a hurdle to get over um i have not tried to listen to gary newman since we've been doing the show apart from this record obviously so maybe that will have changed um because i've kind of um been neutered somewhat i've been neutered that'll do um towards that kind of style and that era of electronic music but um yeah i've got a, an immense amount of respect for him without ever having actually sat down and listened to an album until now yeah i mean we spoke about him a little bit i think when we did our depeche mode special because he yeah. was a genuine sort of innovator yeah and definitely. you know he was real zeitgeisty when um when the 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 birth of electro pop was happening absolutely gary newman i think probably there's an argument to be had that Gary Newman was the first electronic pop star. You know? Mm, yeah, quite quite yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Because when you look at the stuff that kind of predate him, Kraftwerk weren't really interested in being personalities um and stuff like you know, we spoke about um the the various things that kind of predate the whole kind of synth pop boom a little bit of Depeche Mode and mm -hmm. um, 
the human league and all those kind of things and we kind of we, we spoke about that stuff and there weren't many bands with big recognizable personalities in the band do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. if you look at suicide or throbbing gristle and that's obviously like quite different but there's not really a character in yeah. those bands there's not yeah, really a yeah. character in craft work mm. um you know um so i think you know there there is definitely um uh i i think where you sort of go gary newman kind of invented the the synth pop pop star like the way he looked you know i suppose bowie to be fair actually there's a there's a touch of bowie's berlin period that a lot of these people would have been very influenced by but i think gary newman would be like to to, to just sort of paint bowie as that alone would probably be inaccurate so i think you know it's not like like we we spoke at warm leatherette by the normal and there's no kind of definitive face for that song Mm. as influential Mm. as it was Mm. and is um whereas gary newman gave kind of i think synth music and electronic music a face and a personality yeah yeah i mean undoubtedly his debut um solo album was 1979 and he did a couple of albums with uh, tube way army 78 and 79 mm-hmm. um so yeah he was certainly i mean i think you can undoubtedly call him a pioneer in this yep. kind of music um without a shadow of a doubt um before we get into the record and what we think of it a little bit of um uh, background on what the album's actually about intruder is a philosophical examination of a potential future apocalypse the planet can only survive by purging its inhabitants newman explains intruder looks at climate change from the planet's point of view if earth could speak and feel things the way we do what would it say how would it feel the songs for the most part attempt to be that voice or at least try to express what i believe the earth must feel at the moment the planet sees us as its children now grown into callous selfishness with a total disregard for its well-being it feels betrayed hurt and ravaged disillusioned and heartbroken it is now fighting back essentially it considers humankind to be a virus attacking the planet climate change is the undeniable sign of the earth saying enough is enough and finally finally doing what it needs to do to get rid of us and explaining why it feels it has to um a theme that's cropped up quite a lot in music recently not surprising mm-hmm. considering that the world is fucked um what i i because i've not really been paying attention to gary newman's career for a long time um i i think i think i have heard bits and pieces of that pure album actually um because i looked at the cover of it i was like oh yeah i have heard bits and pieces of that because i remember Karan going on about it quite a bit but that is probably the last time i paid any attention um i wasn't entirely sure what to expect from this record did you have any expectations going in um i don't not not particularly well i i kind of expected it to sound like gary newman i mean the thing is like i said he's he was a genuine a genuine innovator but i don't think you can be that forever Mm. and i think it's obviously when you get to a certain age the idea of gary newman trying to keep up with the zeitgeist in electronic music and making a kind of i don't know some kind of mad (laughs) soundcloud like album do you know what i mean like some lo-fi thing i i just don't think he would do that Mm. he's kind of very much settled into being like the godfather of industrial music really yeah if you like yeah, yeah. and um you know like i said i've not heard every single gary newman album it would be disingenuous to me to pretend that i have i haven't actually had listened to him properly for you know like like you like a couple of decades mm. but i saw him at sonosphere 
um, ah. a few times, and I always thought it was great. And there was that kind of Nine Inch Nailsy, ninety like nineties, but not what we were talking about last week, where I was saying, oh, you know, um, this very much sounds like skinny puppy or industrial metal or whatever from the 90s which is dated quite badly Poppy itself or something dated quite badly i thought gary newman still sounded kind of relatively contemporary but definitely paying homage or staying in a lane that was hugely related to i guess kind of fragile era nine inch nails yeah yeah i i feel like nine inch nails is going to come up a lot in this review because it's probably our best reference points potentially yeah certainly mine i don't know about you but certainly mine but in terms of that thing of kind of um feeling contemporary and yet not um uh not abandoning the sound that has made him who he is not abandoning his identity um i think this record is an absolute like home run um in terms of I mean, Betrayed is the first song on the record and it begins mm. and the album immediately sounds really cinematic, really big, but really gothic at the same time. Um, it is yeah. a much, much bigger sound than I had anticipated, I will say. Um, because, you know, we've dealt with so many... Uh, I mean, Gary Newman's in his 60s now and this is no disrespect. This, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to do like a... Uh, ageist thing but a lot of these artists who we talk about when they get to twilight years or midlife or whatever just don't sound very exciting or relevant anymore and mm -hmm. um i was really really taken aback and very pleasantly so by just how contemporary this whole record sounds i thought it sounded brilliant i mean the static and hiss that ushers in the gift just the second track i think sounds genuinely yeah. menacing like genuinely yeah. quite i mean we did that youth code record last week and you know it's a it's a, a far poppier version of that but it it's not a billion miles away from well, that kind of thing i think the gift is a touch of a sort of industrial version of cashmere yeah, it's really yeah, yeah, quite yeah. led zeppelin it's really really good and i think that yeah you know he's gone for big clean anthemic sounding uh, el electronics with soaring orchestral parts behind it mm. and you know the opening song kind of snakes around yeah it's a it's, massive chorus it, massive chorus and it's a more kind of i guess it's a it's huge sounding but it's it is a bit slower more subdued than 90s industrial music and whatever mm. but i think you know obviously there are in there are plenty of comparisons to be made with nine inch nails i think um but he still sounds like Gary Newman because he's got a exactly. really, really recognisable voice. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Um, do you know what this album reminded me of? Earthling by David Bowie. Now, yeah. in some respects, that's not going to sound like a great, <laughs> great comparison. Although I did really like that Earthling album, um, mm -hmm. even though you know it does sound of its time. But this sounded like I think Earthling probably at the time sounded very contemporary and very mm. of the moment. And this feels like that as well but i don't think this would date as badly as earthling has um because it really well i don't think this is th the sound that he's putting out now is not the the zeitgeist of now no exactly, Whereas, uh, exactly. Uh, earthling like as i mean i really like i i do really like earthling yeah, but i think yeah. it's all the kind of drum and bass parts yes. and all that from that time 
it sounds like the 90s. You know what I mean? Exactly. It sounds like gold, Goldie or whatever. But that's the beautiful thing that Gary Newman's managed to do on this record. And maybe he's been doing it for the past 20 years or so. I don't know. But he's managed to make this sound contemporary, make it sound like him. But at the same time, it, there's nothing on it which is really going to date it to 2021 either, which I think mm. is is great. And the songs are really good. The Chosen I mean, that is a big Nine Inch Nails moment on the record, I think. And there's yeah. a lot of crossover between the two. Um, <clears throat> Trent was clearly inspired by Gary Newman. And that inspiration has, I think, clearly been paid back in spades when you listen to yeah. songs like The Chosen. They're two artists who it feels like they have as much respect for one another. And I really mm. like that fact that there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of musicians as they own I mean, people. It's not just musicians it's people as they age it's that whole thing of like oh it's not as good as it was back in my day and yada 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 and the fact that people like gary newman and bowie and all that had the foresight to be like no there's plenty of people doing amazing music now you just like need to look for it kind of thing and i think mm. that's really paid off um on this record i i i i kind of went into this expecting that we were either going to say it's a bit past it and it sounds really old or um you know this is cool but it's not really my kind of thing i'm really happy to say i fucking love this record steve i think it's brilliant wow i yeah, really like it yeah i think i think it's really good i mean i mean black sun is so nine inch nails mm, mm. but his voice again makes it stand out as its own thing i think that's a great song you mentioned the chosen i think that's about as danceable as his record gets mm -hmm. to be honest like that's the, probably the, one of the harsher ones um and there's there is a bit of harsh sounding stuff on the record like and it breaks me again is fucking probably one of my favorite songs on the album that is awesome they've got an amazing the baseline of saints and liars i picked up as well yeah saints and liars the is cool. best but for me, the best song on the record is Now and Forever, mm. which has got the full, fragile throb and boom and then stalk. It's awesome. Yeah. It is fucking awesome. What I will say, and I don't know now that you said that, if you'll agree with me on this, is I think this is quite a one-paced record. Yes. Yeah. I think it's quite a one-paced record, which, you know, I know we say stuff is too long all the time. Mm -hmm. And and I actually like the sound of this record so much that I am perfectly happy to be here for a very, very long time. But I think objectively, to use your words, <laughs> this this stays in such a similar space for its entirety that I do think it is quite hard to justify the length of this record, considering it's not that the album is bad and it's mm. not like that uh, there's anything on it that particularly that I would take off. Mm. I do think that with Now and Forever, it never really it hits a peak there that it doesn't ever match again for the last three songs so part of me is like well if you kind of put maybe i mean there's two versions of the same song there's the end of dragons and the end of dragons alternative piano i'm not sure if that's some kind of bonus track i was about to I say i'm glad you've brought this up because we're actually reviewing the, we've been given the deluxe edition of the record which is lovely yeah. thank you um but um the last two tracks are actually bonus tracks so oh, okay the end of dragons is the song that is meant to end the record. Um, well, in that case, I maybe you can just disregard everything I just said. There. Well, actually, I was about, I was about to say, because I'm glad you brought this up, though, because I thought exactly the same thing. When I loaded it up, 
Uh, I mean, I think another thing that made me go, oh God, this is going to be a long, ponderous and slow listen. It's um, it's just shy of 65 minutes. That's the deluxe edition. It's just shy of 65 minutes. So I was like, oh God, it's going to be really like ponderous and boring and long. Uh, like a lot of um, albums by elder statesmen are, frankly. Um, but you take the two bonus songs off, which actually are perfectly fine. Like they're, 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 they're decent songs. Um, and it's only 55 minutes which still feels a bit long. And I understand what you're saying in terms of the um, one pace nature of the record. But then when I, when I'm actually playing it, when I'm actually listening to it, I'm actually quite happy for it to be 55 minutes, to be honest. Mm. Uh, when I'm actually in the state of listening to it. And like you say, it's a place that I enjoy being in so much that it doesn't actually bother me. And, and I loaded it up and before i'd even press play on the damn thing because it was 65 minutes loading up into my winamp i was like well i'm gonna i'm gonna say this record's too long i'm i don't know i don't know if it is i i i like i i agree with you it is one pace and on paper 55 minutes 65 if you include the bonus tracks should it shouldn't work and yet i just think the songs are good enough for it to work just yeah out. i agree there's there's nothing i would take off of it no. but at the same time and and, and also and, and yeah and it, it is it does kind of repeat the same trick yeah it does more or less over and over and over again but it's, it's such really a great well. trick yeah it's such yeah. a great trick i yeah. mean these songs are fucking brilliant yeah. and they sound i mean again like this is the thing where you, you know where i think gary newman has nailed it because there's a kind of propensity in a lot of, well, not a lot of, but a, quite a lot of popular electronic music to make everything sound almost thin. You know, mm. there's like, I was, I was watching something on YouTube. I was watching something earlier and someone was talking about um, Return of the Mac and they were like, Return of the Mac. this is so good because in the nineties, how loud were drums? And he's mm -hmm. like, this is how drums should come in. But like, listen to the start of Return of the Mac. Bang, 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 bang. The drums are so loud. Whereas there's a, a real kind of sense of minimalism. We talk about this a lot. And like, real sense of in modern music, popular modern music, absolute minimalism. There's no minimalism here on this. Like, no, he's, yeah. He, he everything sounds <clears throat> enormous, mm. like huge, and it's not really. And that's why it's not really that zeitgeisty. Yeah. And that's why it almost sounds like a bit of a throwback. But but because it's so well produced and so clean and so clinical and you know so beautifully kind of constructed like for my own personal taste i just think it sounds amazing and you're happy to sit in that very mid-paced um sort of quite slower more subdued sounding thing for a longer time yeah um because it sounds so good and the songs are great and there are so many great hooks in it um be them musical refrains or vocal parts uh yeah i think this is really good this record yeah really good i agree entirely uh, i will definitely be definitely definitely be going back to it i will um i feel like i kind of want to go backwards in his discography because just with my sort of um my beef with uh 70s 80s electronica production i'm wondering if that's the best way for me personally to approach it um because I'm under the impression that he's had a fairly consistent uh, uh, discography, certainly for the last 20 years or so. So mm. if I've been missing out on stuff like this, I feel like uh, I should uh, slap myself across the face. 
um, slap in the face. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know Alan Day, Alan Day of uh, who does who runs Sonosphere, who obviously has put yes. Gary Newman on at Sonosphere a few times. He always says to me, "The new Gary Newman album is amazing." He's been saying that to me for over a decade. Every time I knew, oh, I've heard the new Gary Newman album, it's amazing. He says that to me all the time, and I'm always like, "Oh yeah, I should probably get around to listening to yeah, yeah, that." Yeah. But then I've got the stuff that I liked when I was sort of younger or whatever, um, and I just haven't. Yeah, I just haven't. Like, yeah, literally, Pure probably would have been the last one that I paid any yeah, attention same. to, really. And he's same. got like one, two, three, four. He's got like four other albums. Mm. Poser and this. Yeah, go and listen to this. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, I, I yeah. really, really enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, obviously, if that sort of industrial electronica thing isn't your cup of tea, then there's not going to be anything on here that changes your mind. But if it is your sort of thing and you don't mind it with some big pop shiny hooks as well, um, this is a this is a great record. Like, I, I really, really like it. Um, yeah, brilliant. It is good. It is good. Uh, it's called Intruder. It's by Gary Newman. It's out now. Anyway, he's announced. He's announced on. a date. Sorry, he's announced a date at Wembley Arena as well. Um, uh, today, as we uh, speak about this, he's I saw he announced a date. I didn't realize it was Wembley Arena. That's good. I know. That's a big he's, date. Right? Yeah, he's announced a huge UK tour, and he's doing smaller kind of academy venues around uh, the UK. But then he's doing Wembley Arena at, uh, at uh, London, and whilst Wembley Arena isn't my favourite venue, I would really like to go and see that. Uh, yeah. with this album definitely mm. that'd be cool yeah me too I wouldn't mind seeing that cool alright anyway let's move on our next album comes from Vola the album's called Witness it is the third studio album for the Danish post-tech metal rock bands I think progressive rock band with melodic tendencies that's all I put well, you're not going to like what I have to say about this one free. Uh, <laughs> the follow up to 2018's applause from a distant crowd um I am pretty sure I've heard Vola before. I think I might have heard um, their last album, I think. I might even have reviewed it. Applause from a distant for... crowd, it was cool. Yeah, that's literally what I said five seconds ago. <laughs> yes, it's still called that. Uh, he doesn't listen to me, do you? You, you said, don't you said the last me. album, did you, did you? I said the last album, Applause of a Distant Crowd. Right, oh, yep, yep, yep. Cool. Unbelievable. <laughs> right. Hurry on. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. We'll do this off air. I'll chastise him off air when we finish this podcast. Um, yeah, I think I reviewed that last album for Metal Hammer, mm -hmm. I want to say. I think. And I don't really remember very much about it because, mm. let's be honest here, Renfrey, bands that sound like this, there are quite a lot of them, isn't there? There's a fair few, yeah. I think we're going into sort of Euroblast territory, tech fest territory i'm partly saying that because last time i saw vola was at euroblast um mm -hmm. in the main i would say vola deal in anthemic melodic progressive rock or pop gent uh yeah. is actually not a bad way to describe it i thought um and you know they're quite good at that thing i would say i picked up their debut album in mazes because uh, it impressed me when I saw them live once. I can't even remember what it was. Um, and we were actually, we were extremely close to reviewing Applause of a Distant Crowd um, on this show, but for some reason mm. it got um, pushed out for something else. I think it was a busy time in the schedule. Um, but Vola are always one of those bands who I've kind of looked at and I've gone, oh yeah, Vola, they're quite good. Yeah. 
Oh, and I think they are quite good. They are. I mean, they write some big riffs, don't they? they I mean, do. it starts with a huge riff, ma- mm. massive. Straight and it lines. goes into sort of pretty catchy, yeah, it's called Straight Lines, uh, pretty catchy, techy banger. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. It features some um, very Euro synths that only a band from the mainland could get away with, I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe. There is, I mean, a, there is a bit of that with Vola, but, you know, it's fine. There's there's some real kind of cool stop starty bits on um, head mounted sideways the second track as well big bounce hard not to get swept up in that mm. this is you know th- there's a thing the thing that I think about a lot of these bands right is that I know it's meant to be like, really kind of artsy tough sounding um, not tough sounding but like hard to oh god it's so wild isn't it tech metal it's technically challenging and blah 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 when you listen to a band like Tesseract. Or even some parts of Periphery's back catalogue. The bands who do this stuff the best, they're actually quite pleasant to listen to. Quite catchy, you know, big choruses. Tesseractor have massive choruses. Mm-hmm. And I think Vola do do that. I don't think this is I particularly think, challenging a record. Yeah, I think they're trying to Yeah, well, as I said, I described it as pop gen. I mean they are they are well, they certainly started gent e well they certainly have gent guitars like undoubtedly they like you hear the guitars they go oh that sounds quite genty um yeah. but they have their they can you know worm their right way around a uh melodic pop chorus um i mean the singer like live like a lot of these bands technically is incredibly impressive you know like yeah. they are really impressive musicians as is often the case with this stuff it's just you know does it make you uh feel anything as well i think parts of this record do make me feel stuff i really really like you mentioned um head mounted sideways uh i just love the decepticon slash deftones elite robot voice thing i kind of feel like i mean i, I want to be careful saying this because i don't want it to be overused but whenever that comes in like mastodon do it on um blood mountain as well uh, that always sounds cool that vocal effect i don't know what it is i'm just going to call it the decepticon vocal effect that's fine. Um, I, know I, I i i i think that's cool i like it it's not the best yeah, use I, i've heard of it but it was cool it was unexpected there's lots there's lots on here that i'm like this is pretty cool but i really and i think that would probably be where the review could kind of end <laughs> at this point but yeah. but Let's talk about, for me, the real standout thing on the record. These Black Claws featuring a rapper called Shaman. Now, the other last week, we spoke about Youth Code and we spoke about New Metal. Oh, and yeah, okay. I see even more, even more than last week, yeah. I'm going to fucking throw this in here. Because this song could have been lifted off of follow the leader i said exactly the same thing in my notes so you're not going to get any arguments from me. okay yeah good i mean this has got like a proper monkey freak on the leash yeah. like riff and then these big hulking grooves and then it has a a, a really fucking cool rap on yeah, it yeah it does yeah like yeah. you know he is great he's got a really deep growly baritone a bit like the doc for our hip-hop fans um about his delivery i mean just because they're a chin-strokey Eurotech metal band or like pop gent band, this is a new metal song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, undoubtedly, um, Follow the Leader is, it's uncannily like Follow the Leader. Um, and it's not even, it's uncannily like Corn. It's uncannily like 
Follow the Leader era corn, um, which happens to be my favourite corn album. So you're not going to get any complaints from me about this. I actually thought I might have to um, uh, uh, duke it out with you a little bit for this one, but I'm glad to hear that you like it as well. I think this is a great, great song. I think. Well, the only it's, it's the. I was going to say it's the best song on the record by an unbelievable distance. I think. I, I because it's something like weirdly having just gone. It sounds like Follow the Leader. It doesn't sound like anything else on the record. And I've, I'm like, that rap in the middle is brilliant. Yeah. Tonally, it sounds great. For me, this is like the, the, it's the slam dunk of the record. Do you I, know what I mean? This almost feels like the kind of album where this would be like, they'd call them a one hit wonder yeah. because this song came out and everyone was like, oh my God, this band are amazing. And then they heard the album and went, oh. I think it's the the weird I, I don't quite agree with that, but I certainly think these black claws stands out on the record. I mean, I was gonna say like a sore thumb, but that would that would indicate it being a bad thing. But my like uh, a like, black claw? Like like a black claw. It sounds it's I totally agree. It sounds completely different to anything else on the record. And it almost kind of sounds like you're listening to a different record for about five minutes, which I think for the album as a whole is a problem. But I do agree that it's one of the highlights of the record. I don't think it's comfortably the best song on the record, but I, it, it probably is the best song on the record. But it certainly, you do kind of, I was kind of left feeling, uh, like I really, really enjoy the first half of this record. Um, and the second half of the album isn't bad per se, but it started to get into a little bit of a formula that I was, that I'm aware of from a million of other bands. And I didn't get bored per se, but it was, it was kind of like, okay, I know what you're doing now. And, and that's all fine and good and great. But these Black Claws, because it genuinely stands out as something really different, certainly for this scene. And even, I mean, who else is like really, really like repeated follow the leader era corn successfully? I can't think of many, but I mean, maybe maybe there are bands who have, and I just don't listen to them. No, not Marvel many. Movie. I mean, I think you know, it's it's the thing again. I mean, I know I sort of said it last week, but uh, these, you know, I've always thought actually that tech metal and new metal, the, the, there are more there are more similarities than people might want yeah. to acknowledge. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. You know, they they really are. They they do go for groove mm -hmm. seven string guitars obviously I mean, this is just like nerdier versions of new metal bands who learn how to play their instruments properly yeah. yeah like that that's kind of what tech metal is really yeah. so it makes total sense to me that they would do this and i'm so glad that one of these bands has just basically admitted it thanks for thanks vola for admitting it that you, you know like you lot you lot love new metal and don't fucking pretend that you don't like, and yeah it still stands out like a black cloth, yeah. doesn't it? It's, it really feels... I, I understand what you're saying, and I do agree with you to an extent, but it's still... It, it, it sounds... It suddenly sounds like it's a different album, you know? Yeah, I think I think the, the, the pronounced hip-hop uh, delivery yeah. probably helps that. I think the fact that it sounds so much like Korn mm. um, helps that as well. But, you know, it's not like those riffs at the start of the record don't sound like kind of rubbery, bouncy, tonally new metal, even though they are far more mm. complicated and complex uh, compositions. And the vocals are totally different. Like, let's not... Yeah, know, there's, yeah, yeah. there's no kind of, you know, David Draymond vocals on this album in, in, in any way whatsoever. But, yeah, I, like, I mean, I 
I I think this album is pretty good, right? But for me, I mean, I know you say it's a problem for the album. I think this, I think the album's good enough. I think the, the other songs on it, particularly, like I say, the first half is good enough to keep me interested. Yeah. This comes in, it never gets better than it, I don't think. And it makes it a better album because I will remember this album because of that song. That's true. There was so, like, I don't, you know, I think I reviewed this for Metal Hammer. I, I couldn't, their last, sorry, not this, their last album for Metal yeah. Hammer. No idea what I gave it. No idea. I don't know if I liked it or if I was bored by it. I, yeah. have no, I cannot tell you what it sounded like. I was like, Vola, I know the name. I definitely know they are. I've probably seen them live. Yeah. I, I, I remembered nothing about them. I won't forget them now because of that song. That, hey, that's true. And I, w- I will, you know, I've heard In Mazes and Applause of a Distant Crowd. And again, you know, I kind of picked In Mazes up because I saw them live and I was impressed with them. I don't listen to In Mazes all that often to be totally honest with you, because mm-hmm. I feel like Vola are another one of these bands who do this thing quite well. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Because of that song that they've put on there, I will finally remember Vola as that band that did that song. <laughs> but is, but <laughs> yeah. is that a good thing overall? It kind of depends what they go on to do as a result of that. You know, like, okay, okay, yeah. Vola, you've got our attention now. Now keep pushing that and doing more interesting shit with that because at the moment they do sound like a million other bands like they're very very Mm. good at it but they do sound like a million other bands and as a result they're not very memorable so i agree Mm. i agree totally yeah yeah there you go um but overall you know (coughs) because of that i mean i listened to that song if you're if you're not got much time listen to that song but do listen to that song but then do listen to the album i would say listen to the album because i think there's actually some good shit on it like i say the first two songs are great uh there's a song near the end called stone leader falling down which is really really good as well mm-hmm. i think yeah um but yeah but but it is that's the centerpiece and that's something which makes them sort of stand out a bit and anything you can do to stand out in that scene particularly that scene has got to be a good thing even if it ends up being nothing else ever again it's but got will, to be a good thing will surely. it make them a one-hit wonder of that scene who knows well it's better to be a one-hit wonder than just nothing though isn't it surely yeah argu- yeah arguably yeah yeah I think so. Uh, anyway, there you go. The album's called Witness. It's by Vola. It is out now. Let's move on to our next album, which comes from pa- uh, Fly Pan Am. Um, I went on a Pan Am um, uh, plane. They don't do them anymore, but they've got them in uh, JFK Airport. There's a, like, a hotel and a museum for the Pan Am. Oh, is I that assume right? is what this band... Yeah, I'm assuming this is what that band are named after. Pan Am, the airline. Probably. I don't know. Fly yeah. Pan Am, that would probably... Yeah, that works. Yeah, I think so. Um, Should we anyway, move on? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. <laughs> Frontier is the name uh, of the fifth full-length album. I believe it is their fifth full-length album. I think from, it is, yeah. From the, what we call them, a Canadian post-something band? I've just called them experimental rock. I, I, I don't okay. know what they are. <laughs> it's the follow-up to 2019's Cessa. Uh, I think I said that right. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Um, I know fucking nothing about this band, Renfrey. Nothing. I know very, very little. Uh, apart from they did a split with Godspeed You Black Emperor once. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I downloaded it and I listened to the album and I thought, well, this is at least going to be an interesting record to talk about. Yes. Uh, because... 
goodness me. I mean, I don't really know. <laughs> I feel like I've been hoisted by my own petard slightly, though, because I don't even know where to start with it, really. Um, let's start from the press release, which says, juxtaposing stern foreboding electronics and minimalist motoric avant rock, the Frontera studio album superbly captures the bristling, sculptured, intensely evocative live score that Fly Pan Am developed in close conception of collaboration with Dana Gingras and her Montreal-based dance troupe Animals of Distinction. The result is an immediate dose of kraut rock polyrhythms and searing guitar interspersed with atmospheric soundscapes and glitched out music concrete i mean yeah i I, i'd say yes it is um but that's something to bear in mind which i didn't actually know until a few listens into the record and this is actually like the soundtrack to well a dance piece basically but they've decided to release it separately i think it works as an album in its own right i wondered if it was about something Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, what... Because it feels like it is. Yes, yes. Um, um, yeah, it does. I, I I, think that I like this mm-hmm. and I think that this is good. I think it's got a kind of... There is an electro pulse from this at the start of this record which sits somewhere between Boards of Canada and Faithless. So I was like, do you want to be ambient and minimalist and broken and challenging? Or do you just want to be kind of threatening but banging at the same time? And it sort of tiptoes around those two ideas yeah. quite quite beautifully, yeah. I have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite beautifully yeah. for like the first, what are we saying? Um, two or three tracks which is probably the first yeah i mean you're looking at at least 15 minutes of yeah the 15 17 18 minutes something yeah 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 but it's parkour towards the end of the second song parkour where a load of bloody black metal screaming comes in yeah very and you're like, well i haven't seen this before and suddenly you're like oh now it reminds me of prurient Do you know Pru- you know prurient right oh, man, he's a sort of a american he's an american Pete, sorry. uh solo artist who started doing black metal and then he turned it into electronic stuff but he was doing that quite a long time before it became a thing that that people were doing i mean you've got to go back the album of his that i really liked it came out in 2011 mm. i think so he was doing it and it wasn't the first one that he was doing that was like that so mm. so there's a bit of like prurient about it which i thought was surprising mm-hmm. there's a lot of 80s post-punk bass lines in it i mean on parkour 2 it's pure oh. i mean can you sound more like joy division yeah the the frantic bass picking on that song and the robotic choral vocals really ratchet up the tension on that song quite superbly um i'm really glad you pointed out the uh, post punk bass stuff because to, to to be totally uh to be totally honest with you and totally clear uh, the main reason i decided to do this is is that post punk thing that it has to it which i thought would be an interesting thing for you to discuss primarily i was like i i I actually a large part of the reason i wanted to do this album is i was basically like i wonder what steve will make of it because it is it's a really difficult record to describe but yes it has elements of that post-punk thing it has elements of that kraut rock thing it has elements it's got polyrhythms and guitar work and sometimes it sounds really noisy and dissonant and quite quite acerbic but then sometimes it's actually quite chill as well it does a lot yeah. in 40 minutes you know it does i mean actually because we, we've picked out parkour and parkour 2 yeah which obviously are going to be connected in some way and i think it, what's excellent about that is you get the black metal vocals coming in at the end of parkour and you get the kind of soaring quarrel vocals that come in at the end of parkour 2 yeah, yeah so yeah. they can do a lot of stuff and it's all very very surprising i mean there's a song in it called 
I found myself massively engaged throughout the entire thing. There's a song in it called Scaling. And I have to say, nothing really happens in that song. Mm. In terms of actual musical tableaus and things to talk about, nothing really happens. It just sounds really threatening. It's just threatening sounding noises. Is it really a song? I'm not really sure it's a song, but is it engaging? Yeah, massively engaging. Like really, really interesting to to like lose yourself in this weird world that they create. I do like this a lot. I'm not sure how often I would be in the mood for this mm. Mm. because it's quite a, an oppressive thing. I mean, that Voronoi album that we were chatting about, mm. like that's really oppressive, but mm. that is almost... That's almost that's almost bordering on being like the Dillinger Escape Plan or something mm-hmm. where you're like, well, this is just come and fucking slap me around the face five or six times. Yeah, happy this days. Is, yeah, this whereas is this is way. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of unnerving. Yeah, it's much yes. more unnerving. Yeah. Um, so I feel like you would have to be in the the correct mood to want to listen to this record. Having said that, I mean the first time I put it on, I was just after we had recorded. Uh, the Mars Volta um, episode and I was pretty knackered and I put this on and I was like, oh God, why? <laughs> uh, um, fair but then the listens since then, I went and had some chicken nuggets and I relaxed <laughs> for a bit, played FIFA, came back feeling a bit more refreshed and I was like, okay. And then the second time I was like, this is really good. And all the yeah. time since then, knowing what I'm kind of putting my, letting myself in for, have really liked it really liked it i will say i mean the first time i listened to this i wasn't really sure that i liked it at all um but over the last week or so it has uh it has grown on me uh, it's grown on me a bit um and actually i've definitely got to the stage where i'm like okay this is clearly objectively really good and they're doing some interesting things um i have to say personally for me i don't think i quite responded it to it quite as positively as you i thought it was a really interesting album but i didn't find it particularly engaging i have to say when you were saying there that like you found it really engaging even when it wasn't doing all that much um it didn't engage me but i still thought it was really interesting hence why i wanted to review it because i thought you know it's mm-hmm. definitely it's definitely a pretty unique sounding record and Flypan am you know they're certainly very well respected within certain quarters i you could probably describe them as a cult band but you know there are people who really 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 love this band and i can understand why because they sound pretty unique um as far as i'm aware like i i don't really know i don't have any comparison points for this particularly um but i found it more interesting than enjoyable for me personally um but who knows i've only i've only because of moving and all that kind of stuff i've only managed to put in about four listens to this record and it definitely feels like it needs a lot four times yeah Yeah. it definitely feels like it needs more than that so i kind Mm. of feel a little bit like i've not fully prepared for it hey i've been moving house um but yeah you know like it's it's i do think it's I, i i definitely wanted to bring it in because i thought there's something really interesting here, even if it isn't. Um, I mean, it's definitely an acquired taste. It's going to be not going to be for everyone, but yeah, it's an interesting record to say the least. Mm. I'm glad you like it as well. I like it. I mean, I actually do like it. Like I say, I think it will be the sort of thing that you put on uh, when you're, I don't know, 
in a bad mood. Basically. Yeah, when do you put this record on? I don't. Know. I don't really know, uh, but I do. I do think it's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's undoubtedly good, and it's undoubtedly like it's, something I've not I think, really yeah. heard before. Um, I'm just not a hundred percent sure I like it yet. But give it another four lessons, and I might. You know. I de- I definitely do like it. Mm. Good. Um, but. Yeah, but it is going to be like, how often do you play it? Yeah. Not very much, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Uh, but it's called Frontera by Fly Pan Am. It's out now. I think, go and have a little listen to that. Mm. It's definitely, I mean, if you like the sound of the Purient things and all that stuff, then yeah, you might have a lovely time with this. Um, our last album it. comes, our last album comes from Prosperina. The album is called Flag. It is the third album, I believe, from the Welsh stoner metal grunge rock band. Mm-hmm. that's what we're going to be calling them again Renfrey I have to be perfectly honest in front up here I don't really know anything about this band um, so Prosperina um, our mutual friend Christopher Dean is in this band and uh, he is a PR uh, full disclosure and mm-hmm. um, oh I don't know a couple of years ago he took me out to lunch um, when I was still at the independent and when people did that uh, <laughs> and um, uh he mentioned a bunch of stuff that he was working on in a PR sense and then very quietly kind of sort of mentioned, oh yeah, I'm sort of in this band Prospering as well. And blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, but not in, not in a kind of trying to sell it to me where he was very, very um, humble about it. And uh, I was like, oh, give me that. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll, and it was, give me that. Give me that. Yeah, give me that. I'll give me that. that. Give me that. Give me that album, you <laughs> idiot. Uh, and their last album was called Harness Minus. And I really liked it. I, re- I, I thought it was really decent well done yeah welsh stoner if welsh stoner is a thing i suppose it's them and well it's acrimony back in the 90s yeah mammoth weed wizard bastard i guess you know to a degree mm-hmm. um and it's sludge isn't it yeah well yeah, no. uh and i think um i think i liked it enough to bring in the third record i guess it's really as simple as that um and I think this is a good record. <laughs> I think this. I is good. think this is a good record. Mm. I really like this. Mm. I think it's well good. I haven't heard a record of this type for a little while, where I've been like, "Oh, this is, this is great." Yeah. And I like the fact that you know, there's, there's, there's bits. I mean, the the title track really sounds like Baroness, Ooh. which is fucking top. Do you know what I mean? It's got touches of Baroness at their most sort of um, dreamy. And I really like that. Yeah, I, I hadn't really considered good. that. I, 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 There's some lovely uh, guitar bends in that song, which are reminiscent of Jerry Cantrell, um, Alice in yeah. Chains, and anything that is reminiscent of uh, Jerry Cantrell's guitar playing is A-OK. Jerry Cantrell me. from Alice in Chains? Yes. <laughs> Why Please. are you repeating? Is it because... <laughs> Are you take paying me back for not listening to you? A little bit, and also, <laughs> and also, I'd like to think that everybody who listens to the show knows who Jerry. Oh, you'd is. like to think so, yeah. But who knows? Oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm appealing to the common person, Steve, yeah. or trying to All the people that listen to us for JPEG Mafia reviews. <laughs> that is definitely. So yes, Jerry uh, Cantrell from the Alice in Chains says um, it sounded yeah. quite. Um, just that guitar part sounded like something he would have done on Nutshell or Frogs. The song doesn't sound like Nutshell or Frogs, but, you know, um, I liked that a lot. That's cool. Mm-hmm. The song before that, Boot, as well, was really good, Boot's which has great. got kind of rollicking, um, Mastodon-y, 
stuff to it. I mean, it's Militaristic just... Militaristic stomp, yeah. Yeah, it has, yeah. And it's got lyrically, it kind of touches on that a little bit as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've, I, th- this is incredibly catchy, well-made, well-produced fusion of lots of good rock music. Yeah, I think Deep Never, the opening song, has a really nice kind of dopes to infinity style groove to it that's monster magnet um uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did have to yeah, well, uh, you can, yeah fine there's this um it, ha- it, it it feels nice <laughs> like this this record feels nice it has immediately very warm fuzzy guitars that kind of embrace you in the way that clutches guitars embrace you know feel yeah. like a warm embrace i mean that's such a posery dickhead journal music journalist thing to say but it's true that's what it sounds like you know drunk on the blood of tokyo is also not only an excellent song but an, uh, a brilliant like song and lyric as well um the, it, it's just a really good melodic stoner rock record i don't think it's perfect um i thought art nouveau was a little perfunctory maybe um in terms of musically and lyrically it's a little bit like yeah right you can do better than this but i wouldn't say it's a bad song um it's in and out quite quick i think it's eight songs in 43 minutes and 20 seconds uh i will be honest if i'm just to provide a little bit more context i personally slightly prefer the last record to this one uh harness minus okay but i think this is a really good follow-up and i i like it a lot and if you're into that kind of um desert fest i mean th- there'll be a shoe in for desert fest they've probably already played desert fest i would imagine but um if you like that kind of desert festy kind of feel um and you know as we said a lot a lot of these stone rock bands all kind of roll into one a little bit and um i don't think prosperina have stuff that massively marks them out as individual but they are just very good at it and you know that's rare enough there's so many of these bands but i just think they do it really well and i just like how they approach it so i yeah i i do like this i just in an in a week where um do you know what I mean? In a week where there was a hell of a lot of, do you know what I mean? There's a hell of a lot of stuff this week, which is um, quite a challenge to get your head around. Or, I mean, even st- something like Vola, you had to go, oh, that's, you know, they sound a little bit like this. And da, da, da. You know, in a week full of surprises, it was nice to put something on and go, what a lovely familiar sound of just guitars and catchy vocals was, and yeah. big drums and riffs and stuff and, and and you know i'm i'm more than happy i don't mean that. this i don't mean this to sound as harsh as it's going to sound but it was a really nice antidote to fly pan am where i was like listening to it and yeah. i was like i don't know what this is and i don't know how to describe it and that's part of my job ah uh, and then prosperina comes mm. on and it's like all right well this is easy for me to do <laughs> this is like a pile yeah. of piss <laughs> <This> is- <laughs> how arrogant of you oh this is easy it's so easy it's easy for that's me it. to describe i should say yeah. because of my yeah. um because of my background and stuff but yeah yeah decent good just a good rock record good rock record absolutely fine um all right there you go uh the album it's called flag the band are called prosperina um enjoy that enjoy all of the albums from this week shout well, out enjoy three of shout out christine um enjoy three of the albums and that song on the Vola album <laughs> as well. no, actually that is that is a good album it's a pretty good album uh all right we'll be back next week doing the same thing that we always do uh talking about albums we're going to be talking about perturbator mm. and black midi mm. amongst others hopefully backwash mm-hmm. give a shout
uh, hopefully backwash as well, yeah. So that'd be good. So that's a pretty fucking strong week, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting week, to say the least. Good. All right, sweet. Okay, thanks very much for listening, guys. As I said, patreon.com forward slash right act podcast if you want to head over and um, help us out with, or just listen, or not even help us out, but just listen to us banging on about the Mars Volta. Oh, God. Uh, Renfrey <laughs> going off on one again. Oh, prog. <laughs> Pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. See you later.